Hey there. If you like this podcast, you are going to love my new book, Needy, How to Advocate for Your Needs and Reclaim Your Sovereignty. In Needy, I share my unique approach to identifying, honoring, and advocating for the most tender and true parts of yourself that are yearning to be acknowledged. It is an invitation to embody self-acceptance, which leads to meaningful growth in self-responsibility, self-care, self-trust, and self-love. All of the themes that we talk about all of the time on this podcast. Woven with threads of timeless wisdom, honest assessments of our needs, and heartfelt personal stories of transformation from yours truly and others, Needy illustrates a profound vision for what is possible when you listen to the stirrings of your heart and reclaim your undisputed sovereignty in your life. Now, you can get Needy wherever books are sold, but if you are a podcast super fan, you might appreciate the audiobook, which I do narrate, which you can find on Audible. Now on to today's show. Hey there, it's your host, Mara Glatzel, and you are listening to The Needy Podcast. Here at Needy, we are devoted to sharing frank conversations and true stories about what it means to meet your needs consistently, messily, and sustainably. To get more information about today's episode, please visit theneedypodcast.com. Now, on to today's show. Hey there, welcome to Needy. I am Mara Glatzel, and today I'm talking about your energy, the quality of your energy, how your actions impact your energy, how you can support yourself and protect and manage your energy on a daily basis. Because the truth is that you are only as good as your energy is right? You know, the quality of your work, the quality of your relationships, the quality of every action that you take in every sphere of your life is impacted by your personal energy. Many of you have probably heard this described as a water pitcher, that, you know, each and every one of us has this energetic water pitcher that we are pouring out of on a daily basis. And so, you know, sit and listen to my daughter this morning, pour a little out there, uh, bake her some bread for breakfast, pour a little energy out there, listen to my mom on the phone, you know, having talking about whatever we're talking about, pour a little energy out over there taking a shower, pouring a little energy out over there, right? So we have this finite amount of energy each and every day. And we are using that energy each and every time we do something. Now, for so many of us, we are pouring that energy out. That picture is emptying and we aren't doing anything or enough, certainly, to restore our own energy to make sure that how we are operating, how we are caring for ourselves is sustainable. Not because there's something wrong with us or, you know, because we're dreadfully human or because we'll never amount to anything, 
but because we care about the quality of our life and we want to protect that. We want to be able to continue doing the things that matter to us. We want to be able to continue showing up and offering ourselves to the world as fully and vibrantly as we possibly can. So this energy management is really, really important. How you are managing the water that goes into and out of this pitcher is really, really important. In a class that I was running recently, one woman asks, well, how do we get a bigger pitcher? What I'm here for is the bigger pitcher. And I thought that was such a perfect question because, I mean, we can all raise our hands. Who hasn't wanted a bigger pitcher? I know that I have. I know that I have wished that my capacity for dealing with things was greater than it is, but I'm just one person. I'm a human person, a human person with needs, a human person with a finite amount of energy, a human person with energy that requires protecting and nurturing, cultivating and sustaining energy that requires my attention on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. That makes me needy, right? But that's a really different kind of neediness than I grew up believing that I possessed. Because I didn't see myself as strong, because I didn't see myself as capable, I grew up offloading my needs onto the people around me. I didn't feel loved enough. People weren't respecting my boundaries enough. People weren't honoring my time as sacred enough. People weren't giving to me the things that I was unable or unwilling to give to myself. And so I felt relentlessly needy. Like I was this big bundle of too much. Too many feelings. Too many needs too messy, too overwhelming, too passionate, this bubbling pot, this thing that would not be contained. And ultimately this thing that I was so embarrassed about that as I grew, I thought this was part of me that I had to hide from my friends, from people that I had romantic relationships with, from my family I had started to see my neediness as that thing that stood between me and the life that I wanted. If I could only just be less needy, everything would be great. Everyone would love me. I would belong so much more easily. But again, this neediness posed a problem because I wasn't ready, able, or willing to take full responsibility for my needs, to take full responsibility for what it looks like to meet my needs on a daily basis. And so many of us are moving through the world this way. You know, I like to think about it like there's a closet or a drawer of, you know, Ikea manuals and Christmas tree light bulbs and odd bits that I don't really know what to do with. And I just put everything there and that I use those spaces for my needs as well. 
something inconvenient or uncomfortable shows up, something that I don't know how to deal with, or I don't feel strong or tough enough to deal with. And I just shove it in that closet. I don't even want to look at it. I don't even open the closet. I keep my eyes shut and I throw something in and I slam the door behind it. And with time, I start to feel pretty alarmed about what's going on in that closet. I don't even want to open the door because I know that once I open the door, all of the things that I've been shoving in there for days, weeks, months, years, and years, and years are just going to be this huge avalanche that's going to topple me and decimate me completely. And so I avoid myself. And as I avoid myself, I'm feeding and nurturing this story that my needs are a problem, that my needs are something shameful, that I should be able to get by without meeting my needs, that that's what a measure of success is that I could be proud of. Be less needy. Get more things done. Be less needy and be loved because you're not requiring so much from everyone else around you. Be less needy and make it easier for everyone in your life to be in relationship with you. Except the needs don't go away. They're hanging out in that closet. And at a certain point, because of the picture of energy, as I previously described, at a certain point, I run out of energy. I run out of ability to get by without taking care of myself. You know, I run directly into a wall. For me, my burnout was slow over the course of my life and then suddenly really fast. I had been buckled under the weight of my own perfectionism, my own need to white knuckle and try to control every aspect of my life, every feeling that anyone had about me, my actions, their reactions. My boundaries were tissue paper thin at best. And with time, I forgot myself. I ate all my meals standing up. I ran from here to there. I told myself I have to do all of these things. I should do it all perfectly. That somehow I existed in this terminally special place where the normal rules of compassion and support and appreciation that I apply to literally everyone else in my life didn't apply to me. I thought that I had a bigger picture than I had. And the thing about pushing our needs to the back burner that way is that it does work for a time. And during that time, it's extremely validating. We might have that ego windfall of everyone saying, you're doing such a great job. Oh my God, you show up for everything. You don't forget anything. You take care of everyone all the time. You're amazing. And you start to love that about yourself. Like, I am good at handling everything. I meet every situation as if it's a capital E emergency and I handle it. That's how it shows up for some people. For others, it shows up in a place of overwhelm. 
in a place of having so much to do that you can't do anything. And each and every single day, you're feeling worse and worse and worse about yourself. But when it happened to me, it was first that high and then that low where I excelled and I got straight A's and I did everything just right and everyone cheered and everyone applauded until things started breaking down because I started breaking down. I felt cripplingly insecure. I felt fragmented, fragile. All of these things that I saw as character flaws were really symptoms of my lack of self-care, my lack of tending. And what I saw of self-care was this kind of glamorous bath bombs and massages and bonbons and, you know, rubbing beautifully scented oils on my belly on mountaintops and the, the, the glorious sun surrounded by a field of wildflowers. These perfected images of what self-care looked like weren't what I needed. These listicles of 10 ways to take care of yourself missed the mark for so many of us. And so we think, well, that self-care is not for me, not really. And so instead of this idea of an Instagram-worthy self-care, I want you to think about tending to yourself as energy management. As taking care of your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies so that you are sustained, so that your energy is rejuvenated, so that you can continue doing the things that you were put on this planet to do, so that you can continue showing up for your relationships that are important for you. So you can keep pouring your heart into your passions and your job and your relationships. So that the essence of what you are and the essence of what you have to offer is amplified by your own care. If we think about this, not like uh, a picture, but instead a cycle, and we see that one half of the cycle is creation, production, the use of energy. And the other half of the cycle is rest, restoration, recuperating that energy. And you think about how these are two halves of a whole. What we expend, we need to recoup. What we recoup, we're ready to expend. And so if we're taking really good care of ourselves, We have more than enough to give our life because we're attentive to how we restore our energy. And these two things are working together. So often we see our self-care is on one side and our work and all of the stuff that stresses us out or that we're creating or pouring ourselves into is on the other side. And these are two polar opposites and never in the middle shall they meet. But I want you to think about bringing those two things together and know that everything that you offer yourself in the way of self-care, you are able to use in the way of expendable energy to do the things that you want to do and vice versa. As you expend that energy, 
You are an empty vessel waiting to be filled by your own care. And so when these two things are balanced, and by balanced, I do mean relatively, because this requires your your presence, not your perfection. This isn't another thing to put on your to-do list. This isn't another way to work on yourself. This is a way to work with yourself so that you are harnessing your greatest resource, your energy, to do the things that you really want to do with your life. And so these two things aren't polar opposites. They're really, really working well together with expanding as you fill that energy reserve and then contracting as you use the energy in a way that serves you, in a way that that interests you, you know, on something that you want or have to do. Because unlike that Instagram-worthy self-care, Real self-care, real tending can look like calling up your student loan organization to deal with your bill or figuring something out with your health insurance or scrubbing the toilet or doing your taxes, right? Dealing with your finances. All of these things are ways that we care for ourselves, ways that we care for the life that we have. And so self-care is certainly a restorative action. But if we're thinking about it in terms of energy protection and management, it is also dealing with the things that are drawing your energy. Because I'm sure all of you know that feeling of this thing is weighing on me and I I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't done it. I'm really stressed out about it, but I'm avoiding it like the plague. And so that's a low grade or, you know, depending on what it is, might be a higher grade energy hemorrhage every single day. So in addition to the things that you're actively spending your energy on, If you're not taking care of things in your life, then you are leaking energy for all of those different things that you're avoiding. So if we think about self-care as energy management, energy protection, then taking care of those things is self-care too. Because it helps us mitigate the places where we're leaking energy so that we have more energy at our disposal to do the things that we really want to do. And while the truth is that no matter how hard we try, we may never get a bigger picture, no matter how hard we try, no matter how bad we want it, we're not going to get a bigger picture. But when we are paying particular attention to how we are restoring our energy, we can make sure that that picture is always full. That there's always available energy for us to use for the things that we want and need to use it on. And tending to our needs is the best way that we can make sure to be restoring that picture of energy. And taking radical self-responsibility for your needs can mean being really brave and opening that closet and opening that drawer and dealing with whatever is in there, one inch, one square foot, 
one need met at a time. So often we are afraid of ourselves. We are afraid of our needs. We see this part of ourselves as somehow too messy for public consumption, vengeful, um, and it can feel that way. When we spend years avoiding ourselves, when we spend years putting everyone else ahead of ourselves, and it can feel like this great reckoning is coming for you, but I assure you that your needs are not here to topple you completely. They're information, they're crucial data to help you care for yourself sustainably consistently, messily. You know, you're a human, you're not going to do this perfectly. And one of the reasons that I created the Needy Podcast is because so many of us don't have role models for what this might look like. So many of my clients will say that the most powerful part about being in one of my groups is simply hearing how other people deal with their needs how other people are finding that balance between doing the work, creating the things in their life that they were put on this planet to create, and also caring for themselves imperfectly, but sustainably, consistently. So I wanted to create a place where we could share these stories, where we could have these conversations about what it looks like to be a needy human. You are a needy human. It is okay to be a needy human. No matter what emotional baggage you might carry about that word, I chose it so specifically because we are going to reclaim the idea of what it means to be needy and to wear it like a badge of honor. Yeah, I'm needy. I'm a human. I'm a human with needs. That's what it is. That's as good as it's going to get, right? And the more that I can tend to my needs, the more that I can care for myself, the more that I can protect and manage my own energy, that only is going to serve to enhance my capacity to show up and deal with my life. That is only going to make me feel stronger, more capable, more resilient, more whole, more connected to my body more connected to myself, to my inner wisdom, to my intuition. I'm going to feel grounded in knowing that I have the ability to figure it out no matter what it is. And instead of seeing myself as a problem to be fixed, as something that I need to consistently work on in order to improve myself so that I become somebody other than who I already am to deserve this life that I want, I am going to prove to myself, show myself that I am deserving of care, of love, of support by caring for myself, loving myself actively, supporting myself actively. And by doing so, I'm going to repair the relationship that I have with myself. One promise kept. One need met, one moment of really being visible, showing up in the world the way that I am, one moment of honoring my inconvenient, 
conflicting, messy needs at a time. And again, this is powerful work. This doesn't necessarily impact other people, but it impacts your experience of your life. It impacts the way that you feel, the lens that you see the world through. Because again, as I said, when you're not taking care of yourself, when you're not managing and protecting your energy, you feel understandably freaked out, stressed out, frazzled, fragmented, like you're tucked in corners and pockets all over your life. Your energy is diffuse because it's out of your body trying to figure out how this decision is going to impact you five years, 10 years down the line, how that next choice is going to be the make it or break it thing. And when your energy is so far outside of your physical body, your body is anxious for it to return. You feel quite understandably, like you're all over the place, like you're a hot mess. And I mean that in the best and most loving way because I am 100% team hot mess. But the truth is we're not doing ourselves any favors by working ourselves far past our capabilities, by believing that self-care is something that applies to someone else and not you. By not granting yourself the love and support that you so easily offer to all of the people in your life. So with this podcast, we're going to explore all that. And I'm going to interview amazing humans who are going to share the real stories about what it means to take care of themselves. Take care of themselves as entrepreneurs, as mothers, as humans, as humans in relationship with other people as people who are just trying to figure out their relationship with their body, their sexuality. And we're going to explore all of that so that you can hear the voices, hear the true stories, and gather up some perfectly imperfect role models for you to enrich your life, to enrich your relationship with yourself, and to inspire you to take care of your needs just a little bit better today than you did yesterday. So I'm really glad that you're here. I'm really honored to have this space in your heart, in your life, in your inbox. And I can't wait to see what we can make together. Thank you. listening to the needy podcast with Mara Glatzel. If you want to know more about needy or want to tend to your needs with a free needy toolkit, dance on over to the needypodcast.com. If you love today's show, pretty please leave us a review on iTunes and join us next week. And as always, permission loves company. So if there's a human in your life that you think can benefit from this conversation, I would be so grateful if you shared it with them. Thank you. See you next week.